Let's get chilly. Hello and welcome to Let's Chill, the official unofficial Minnesota Ultimate podcast. Uh, tonight, we just have two of us. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff, and with me, we've got Kane. Uh, Jay is out today. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Big weekend of uh, professional ultimate behind us. Um, quiet weekend ahead with some bye weeks, but lots to talk about still. So let's kick it off with the stall seven. Kane, you want to go first? Yeah. So like I said, yesterday was the uh, first game of the wind chill season. Um, one player that made a debut as the first time ever playing in a professional game is actually on my community Frisbee league that I play the game with today, the day after yesterday's game. Can you name this player? Okay, I know you've actually told me this little fun fact, and I'm kicking myself. I I want to say it's like, is it Tanner Bark Barkus? No. So Tanner Barkus and I. So the answer is Cameron Lacey. Okay. Okay. Cameron Lacey, shout out. We gotta get Cam, Cam if you're listening. Get on the pod. Um, but Tanner Barkus and I, we actually did warm-ups at tryouts so that, that was, nice. it was kind of a trick question it was i played with a couple of the guys but okay nice that's that's pretty sweet um i've got one for you can i guess um so uh marco dregney had an insane game um with his his 2023 debut he scored five goals and had something like 440 receiving yards so the question is how many goals total did he score last season? Actually, do you know this one? It was three total yeah. goals in the entire season. And yesterday he pops off. Incredible performance yesterday. I don't even have words for it. It was it was so cool to see. And like I didn't get to catch the whole game, but yeah, like just to look at that stat sheet and see and, and like his receiving yards too. He had like 440. Last yeah. year he had like 220. You know, mm. like double his receiving yards in a single game. So yeah. pretty great. Um, and so, yeah, we uh, just want to get into the windshield game then. We could, we'll cover the windshield game. We'll get the strike after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was a that was a fun one to watch, I think. I think I just I missed Minnesota Frisbee. I It was nice to just like be able to see the guys get out there and watch it again. Um, we have an article coming out tomorrow recapping the game so i'll go more into detail there but it was kind of a slow start you could tell that feldman was trying to fit in the new pieces the players they've obviously practiced together but being in the game situation is definitely different so you could see there was a little bit of a warm-up period but i mean minnesota got to do what minnesota did big defensive plays can a really like consistent offensive showing too actually which was nice to see especially for the first game so it looked, yeah. looked like a, a solid game all around. So, it was it was interesting to see like how it's surprising to see that. Did they start the game like going zero and four? Was that? I, I'm pretty they sure they dropped four points to Indy right away. Yeah, like we were um, we were down pretty bad. That is yeah, and like that doesn't sound like Minnesota even on in a uh, on a road trip. That feels like a very surprising stat to see. But um, yeah, peeking behind the curtain a little bit, uh, we were I was. Uh, DMing Colin Barry, uh, get get some quotes for our articles, and and he just noted how like basically they had to just take it quarter by quarter, and like he's like they, they weren't going to win the game in the first quarter, um, but they just had to to uh, shrink that gap a little bit, 
and claw their way back. And that's exactly what they did. Like every quarter, it was like, okay, now they're down by one. Now they're maybe down by two, but then they get back to the, that one point or tie game. Um, mm -hmm. and I and I don't know if this is true, but from what I saw, because I was watching, I was mostly watching the strike game, but uh, I think the they took their first lead in the fourth quarter. And and I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong for the majority. Yeah. Yeah, we, might, we they, might have tied it up throughout like the second and third, but right, right. Like they never actually were ahead, and maybe if they were ahead, it was very short lived because Indy just came out like we all knew. I don't think that was a big surprise. Like they're a strong team, yeah. and like their chemistry again. Like we've we've talked about. Like it's not like they got any major pieces, but like right. the consistency I mean, in a lineup is as important as one big addition, right? Like, yeah, I mean if. I was just listening to some of the announcers and just talk like, like I'll pick out two names, Travis Carpenter, Cam Brock. Yeah. I mean, both of those guys have been playing. Like they said, Travis Carpenter has been playing since he was 18 years old. I found out <laughs> yesterday. That's insane. And it's been 10 years. So he's, you know, 28 now he's been doing this for a good chunk of his life. And you mm. get Cam Brock in there, people like Xavier Payne, like guys who have been on this team and who ha we've seen make a giant impact who, you know, hold all these records the past few years. Like that that's a tough team to go up against just because of like the roster consistency and, and, the and chemistry. pure experience, yeah. Right. Uh, it was really interesting. Like I feel like Indy was doing indie things, which is good and bad to say. Like you got Cam Brock, yeah. Like I think he led the team in goals as normal, like he leads the league in goals. But then they they couldn't pull through. Like they dropped in the fourth quarter, like how how you lead four and zero to start the game and like again it's the first two minutes of the game a lot can a lot can change but a lot did change to the point where they dropped the game at home in the fourth in the fourth quarter it was like that one Chicago game do you remember that right. yeah uh. like like um you know for our listeners and viewers there was, there was a particular Chicago game that Chicago was at Indy and again a really strong game Indy and Chicago are going at it point to point to point but then. It's like once one break happens, I feel like Indy just kind of loses it. Then, like, they can handle they can handle losing a point here and there, but if it's like consecutive break points, the wheels fall mm -hmm. off. It feels like, and right. and Minnesota, what is Minnesota good at? Break points, you know, like nothing changed there. Yeah. yeah, I think Indy is one of those teams where they're very difficult to get stopped once they get the momentum going. It's really hard to yep. shut them down, but. Once you do, they can't pick it back up again. They, I feel like if they have a strong start, like what we saw with it, you know, they got through the first three and a half quarters really strong, and we like mm -hmm. really had to fight to get tied, even like you said. But then, like, yeah, once we got that lead, it's kind of just all over. So, yeah, exactly. I think it's hard to stop the momentum, but if you can, then you pretty much secured it. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Because um, I mean. I think even like back to the one game last year, we beat them by like 15 and right. Even right. that, like we, we stomped them down in the second quarter and then we just kept going. So. Right. Yeah. They're, they're a team that relies on just consistency in both their roster and in their game, you know, point by point, like if they don't have consistency in their game, yeah, they, they lose it. But, you know, I, I think the wind chill were also very aggressive in their approach. Like I, I was kind of live tweeting at the end there. Like I saw Ben Feldman use Abe Coffin to try to score a break point. Like, yeah, he put him out there. Yeah. Abe, Abe Coffin had just played an offensive point 
And all of a sudden he was back on the next defensive point, or maybe, maybe they had just gotten the break point. I don't remember the, the exact situation, but basically Abe was out there playing both lines. Mm-hmm. He was being flexed to try to secure multiple break points. And, and Ben Feldman was being really aggressive in that sense. And mm-hmm. he called timeouts at the end of that quarter to secure break points, to get his offensive line out there. Like he, he called timeouts after a turnover. Yeah. Which, like, which is like what you do, but really, we were talking about that today a little bit at, at the game we were playing. And he was, I was talking about, oh, how many assists did you get last night? And he was like, every time I was in position to, Feldman brought the O-line out. And I was like, <laughs> that's that's good, though. I mean, that's, that's what won us the game. So Yeah, that's funny. Feldman, don't do not do our buddy Cam Lacey dirty like that. Give him a, yeah. Let's get him some stats here. <laughs> get him on the highlight reel. Come on. Let's see if, let's see if Ben's actually listening today. <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Oh, ben, if, you, if yeah. you're listening to this episode, tweet us. Love to have you on, Again. Um, but but so so not only you have Abe Coffin, but let's talk about Jason Cheetah, right? Like talk about handlers. Oh uh, we have our 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 stack guy Jay, who's not with us today. He had he texted us, was like, "Hey, talk about Jason Cheetah. He went perfect in his handler debut mm-hmm. this year, which is insane. He had the most. I think he said the most completions on the team last night, and threw yep. for a hundred percent completion rate." Yep, like incredible. That's, and I, I think people are gonna be quick to look at the fact that Indy is, you know, it's an indoor stadium, so there's no wind factor. Mm-hmm. But you gotta remember, like, there's no wind chill. Oh, I get that. Good joke. Um, but like, Indy is also playing with that, and so is every yeah. other player. Mm-hmm. Is they're all playing in the same conditions. So if you go like by game by game basis, rather than look at the whole season. Why didn't everyone else have a hundred percent completion rate last night? Like it was, right. it was smart play making on Jason Sheeta's part. It wasn't an environmental condition; it was him being good. So, if there's any doubters out there, Jason Sheeta's like to be fair, it's not like he's going to throw a hundred percent completion rate no matter what. Like next game at Indy indoors, maybe he'll only throw ninety eight percent, but still, yeah, it's it's a testament to his skill, to his his calculated right. approach. Like he, um. You know, he isn't going to be the one who's always looking deep, but he can, but he's not going to, that's not the name of his game necessarily. Right. And he's a smart handler. And I like that. Yeah. And I think they're going to use him a lot in that role to get those, get those small, quick passes, work the disc up field. It was cool to see Will Brandt um, playing a pretty pivotal role too. I I mean, there was a part where in the late in the fourth quarter, after a timeout, Will Brandt was actually the one, the playmaker. He was at one Mm -hmm. going to pick up the disc on the turn and, and start the, start the, disco and so that's cool to see too for sure i think the wind chill obviously they have to be more aggressive on offense this year Mm -hmm. but i i like that they're not uh conflating aggressive with risky if that makes sense oh i think absolutely I, i think like their approach to offense this year has to be more aggressive and i think people like jason Gita and will brand those playmakers Mm-hmm. Not just big huckers who can have that ability to throw super deep, but who can kind of force the game to go their way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there was a yeah. lot of handler movement yesterday. I like I didn't get bored on a lot of offense possessions, but like there was a solid amount of game time that was just swinging it back and forth looking for openings. And that's what you gotta do, especially against a team like Indy, who just leech on to those deep hugs that you pull down. I mean mm-hmm. 
you can't get I, those mandates. So I completely agree. I don't want I don't want to jump too far ahead and start talking about the strike, but that was one of my points about the strike too, is like the handler movement and just the calculated approach of like, let's get our handler set up and let's get our cutter set up. And then from there we can we can make a play, we can make this cut, we can line up our, our offense as we want it. And yeah, like tire out the defense while doing it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think both both Minnesota teams this weekend were was a great example of that. Um, for sure. And and to stay on the windshield for just a little bit longer here, like Marco Dragney, like we talked about him in the opening stall seven, but like we got we got to put some credit to his name. Like sure. five is five goals in your first game after having just three goals in three games last year. Right. Like those those numbers are it's crazy. That's crazy. Right. And more than that too. Like I look at the receiving yards. Yeah. That means he's he's downfield making those big plays too. Is you know, I, I wanted to see how many assists and then hockey assists he ends up getting by the end of the year. Yeah. Just because yeah. of his presence, you know, receiving the field for those once the handlers can get it out of their little pocket and they get that first little, you know, 30 yard pass. If he can get that, then he's gonna be, you know, advancing the play even more. And so I think definitely keep an eye on him for his goals, but also just watch him in like the mid to backfield for sure, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like also, yeah, you're right. Like it wasn't like he was there by happenstance. Like he got five goals, but they're all he had 40 receiving yards because they just kind of had to throw it in. Like 400 receiving yards means he was down there. He was making right. plays. He was he was making cuts to get open for these guys. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely wa- want to watch him develop the season. And Marco, if you're listening, man, definitely love to have you. Pod. We need to we need to get get your thoughts here. Get him on the pod. <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, follow along at home. If you don't want to go back and watch every single our, uh, podcast, we want to get everybody on the podcast. Everyone's on. In fact, my fantasy ultimate team name is get them on the pod. We got to get some vets on the pod. We might have a vet coming to join our podcast uh, in the next couple weeks here. So stay tuned for that. But anything else on the windshield? Because I'm like itching to talk about the strike. What else you got to say about? I'll about say the one last final like thought, yeah. and I'll go more in depth in the article I write. I think that we have a really good roster of playmakers mm-hmm. on all sides of the disc this year. I think there's a lot of potential to see this team. It's it's gonna be a battle for sure. I think yesterday was kind of a a. I think we can expect a lot of those games this season. Yeah. But once you saw Minnesota get into their stride a little bit, I think there's a lot of playmakers. I think we have a really solid chance. And it's you know, it's fun to watch Minnesota play again. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, it's never bad to have a close game like that. It humbles you a little yeah. bit, right? And, and it yeah. lights the fire under their butt that For sure. these teams are not going to be an easy dub. So Especially against Indy. Oh, I love the Indy games. Those are fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Something to watch, watch all season long. Yeah. But right. in, other, in other news, we got the strike game. And if, oh my gosh. if you're listening and watching, if you didn't watch the strike game, you need to go back onto YouTube. The Premier Ultimate League streams these games on their YouTube channel. This game was insane. Spoiler alert. They won 18 to 17 in overtime. Yep. It was. My heart. It was so stupid how fast my heart was beating. I didn't actually take my heart rate, but I was probably like 200. <laughs> like, yeah. It was crazy. So it was as well as like with those to like. On the edge of your seats, I was literally I was at work watching the game, mm-hmm. and I was literally like, "Wait, wait, wait! I can't, I can't do that right now. I need to finish this point." Like, yeah, yeah, we were we were watching 
um, we were watching a movie and I had the game on too, um, you know, like Saturday movie night. And right. it was like the last quarter was like the last two minutes. And I was like, hang on, we got to pause this movie. I've got to, I've got to watch this out. I've got to close it out. And, and the, they played it down. And I, then there was an injury. Like we had, like the strike had scored a point to basically bring them ahead. It was like, oh, they're going to win. But then there was an injury call. And so the point got overturned. And then the, the other team got the disc. And I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Uh, and this this block, there's like 35 seconds left on the clock. And Emma Peasley, she tips it enough that the disc wobbles and it goes onto the ground. So the strike get the disc with 30 seconds left and it's a tie game. And it's like, all they have to do is hold it because I mean, obviously you'd want, you'd want to score, but all they have to do is hold it and they force overtime. And that's pretty much what they do. They try to score and they don't, they don't score. They go into overtime and with like two minutes into overtime, they score, they run out the clock and they win. But like for those, the overtime was like, my heart was pumping the beginning of the game. Like they were kind of, it was, it was almost the indie game opposite where like the strike were doing strike things of like they were scoring break points their defense was on point their their offensive cuts were just and like their handlers oh my gosh we, we need to talk about their handlers yeah, too that's, that's a whole podcast by itself at this point but oh man i just i can't even stop talking about it and like at this point right. my wife noelle is just like sick of me talking about it i've been waiting to get onto this pod to talk yeah. about the strike game what do you have to say kane i i don't think there's like a negative spin on it I think this game was really good for one specific purpose that the strike were challenged. I think that was really good. And yeah, even even when we had that big lead at the front, you could see New York was like, all right, we're, we're, we're in this still. Yeah. And I think uh having a 3-0 record and then going into this game and having that really strong start. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like the strike, I don't think they got comfortable, but I th- it was good to then have them be really challenged because I think, I mean, the strike are really good as we've seen so far this year. The strike are really good, and I'm I'm glad that against another good team, a team that can you know get make a comeback, mm-hmm. we can we can handle that pressure. And that's a lot of teams can't handle that pressure. I mean, look at Minnesota Windchill, right? I mean, well, how many yes. times have we lost to Chicago all of a sudden by six because we were we were up by four? In yeah. the you know playoffs, I mean this was this was a good game to have. I think that's true. Well, and like I said about the wind chill, like it's good to to kind of humble yourself and and get that that fire lit under you to make you force you to be better. Because if your opponent is better, like you have to play better, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what the the strike did. Like there was, I, I I hate that I keep bringing her up, but she's just so good. It's hard not to. Is Robin Fennig like? There, and there are plenty of other handlers, and I, I've got a list of their names. We'll absolutely talk about them. But there were multiple points in the game where Robin Fennig threw a hammer that was like, it felt risky, but it it didn't. Like, it was so precise, mm-hmm. and no one was guarding the cutter, or the cutter was fast enough. Like, Jane Cook, oh my stupid gosh. good. Like, you, th- you throw a hammer to Jane Cook, she catches it. You don't even yeah. have to ask yourself. Like Yeah, I mean, and most of the cutters in this team, if not all of them, are just like... Yeah they get to the space you need them to like yeah like you you can trust your cutters to get there and i think that's what i think the handlers are more confident in themselves because their cutters are confident too like uh, um i was i don't know what i was gonna say there's like a specific instance but uh like sarah mextroth also just like 
can can find the the space as a cutter and a handler, which is just as um just as huge. Right. Uh, it's been it's been really cool to watch, and uh, and the the commentators at the game were talking about how Robin may have kind of influenced them with her hammers. They said right. like hammers aren't super prevalent in the PUL, but especially among like the strike team and, mm -hmm. and the, but the team has been taking those risks, making those bigger throws. Oh, yeah. They're, they're getting the, this to cutters in a whole bunch of different ways, including the hammer. Absolutely, and it's paying yeah. off for them. Yeah. You want to talk about playmakers. I mean, those two, Robin Fennig and uh, Sarah Maxtroth. I mean, like you said, how many times have we seen Maxtroth just like dominate the field? Just get yeah. out there. You know, and then within three throws, two of which she throws, one of which she catches. I mean, she's doing everything <laughs> yeah. to just clear the field for the strike to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously like, with, especially with Ultimate, it's so hard to give, you know, each individual play, like put it on the back of one person. But I mean, Mextroth has shown time and time again that when you need a big playmaker, mm -hmm. she can come out there. She can make those plays. She can clear the field position the player she needs to it's it's incredible just like watch her field awareness it is how she can just play with defenses she plays with them i i think field awareness is a really good way to put just like the entire strike team like again we're, we're talking like steph wood is also a, a cutter who has just like kind of all of a sudden been on my radar like oh yeah we're always talking about jane cook but like you can't sleep on steph wood alicia carr is also like a, a handler who has just been increasingly influential right with with getting these points and just working the disc downfield and just the way like so we we're talking about the windshield too but like the strike the way their handlers work defense and defense in pul is way tighter it's it's much more competitive it really and, is and so that forces the handlers to move that disc around to work among each other again set up your cutters set up that big play and the striker just executing every throw, even every swing pass is like very calculated. You know who they're looking for, what role they're going to play, and who they're going to throw it to next. So that means you're once right. you throw it, you know where you're going next. Like, right? I think the strike also just have such a good like team synergy. I think is the right way to put it because mm -hmm. I mean, like we've said on this one episode alone, and we have a ton more names on this list and stat sheets that we haven't even like said yet because every single player on this roster just does what they need to do like every oh, single play and it's incredible and just like the amount of times where a line goes out there and you look at the lineup and you're just like oh this is a great line mm -hmm. and then the next line goes out and you're like this is a great line and it's just like because no matter what player is out on the field you know that like you said like they're they know what they have to do. Each player fills a part on the team and is like watching them work it down the field. It's just, it's effortless. It looks like not to say that just, to, I mean, obviously like they're, they're incredibly talented. Work. Hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it is not easy, obviously, but like they make it look easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, it's so cool to see. And like, I was watching, I, I had my eye on uh, Rachel Johnson too, because every, every week they do um, like a social media takeover. Um, yeah. the strike on the strike account. So if you guys are following the strike, or if you're not on Instagram, check them out because it's really cool. You get to kind of know the players. A lot of them do like ask me anything questionnaires. Um, and so I'm always like, you know, just like, what do you do to warm up or what's your warm up song or what, why is your number number blah, blah, blah. 
So this week was Rachel Johnson, a handler, incredibly talented. And and so I like to kind of follow along who's doing that uh, social media takeover and then see how they perform in the game. Just kind of a fun thing. Helps me get to know the players a little bit better. And she also was a player who, like, I think made a quieter impact this game in particular, but still mm. an impact that was like you w- without her in the lineup, the team would have functioned differently. You know, like she right. she got those continuation cuts. She was able to get the disc to the big playmakers, right? And and like, yeah, like I think again, it's just like everyone has their role, and if it's the role might change per game. Like Rachel Johnson, oh, I think yeah. last week, I I think she had way more way more assists, but like. Again, without her in the role, in the lineup this week, it, the the it could have gone a different way, you know. So it was really sure. cool to see to see that. Right. Uh, yeah. the The whole strike roster to me just feels like they know what they need to do. If that makes yeah. like, I I don't think there's ever a time where they go on the field and they're like, "Ooh, how are we going to get this point? Like, how are we going to approach this?" Like, they know going into every single point. Whenever a line gets out there, they have their game plan. Mm-hmm. They go into it with confidence and they execute every single time. So I I think the striker I'm I'm saying right now all the way for sure. Easy. I I'm right there with you. Like I I don't want to be that guy who says it, but like right. it's it looks they're good. 4 and 0 yeah. with two games left. Like that's and they're strong like like each game they won in a different way. There were some blowouts. There's some that go into overtime. Like they have all this experience now with these last four games that, and you don't have to have a perfect record to go all the way. So like the, if they yeah. lose one, they'll learn from that too. And they're, they're learning right. as they win. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fun. They're very adaptive this season. It feels like, I think mm-hmm. last season, I know I remember, you know, getting into it a little bit last year, they didn't have the season they wanted to. Mm-hmm last season was the and you could tell going into this year they felt a little scorned and they felt a little like we're gonna get it and then just seeing all the work that they've put in to get to this place and it's like yeah i see why they're 4-0 is because like they're they want it and that's what makes the difference so yeah absolutely completely agree and so both teams the windchill and the strike have a bye week this week they're not playing but they're both coming back to seafoam stadium on may 20th so by the time this podcast was released, it'll be like a week and a half away, pretty much. Saturday, May 20th, it's a, a professional ultimate doubleheader, which is going to be super cool. I'm super pumped to see. I think the strike play at two. I, th- I want to say the wind chill start at six. Um, Something like that, yeah. So we definitely want to encourage everyone to come out to both those games. If, you, if you're a strike fan but haven't watched the wind chill that often, stick, stick around for the wind chill game. If you're a wind chill fan who hasn't gotten to see a lot of strike yet, come early watch both games we're going to be on the fence for like eight hours straight pretty much it's going to be awesome definitely come and introduce yourself we're going to have the signs we're going to have the kachow sign we're going to have the let's get chili sign introduce yourself definitely hope you're uh, following along to the season we really appreciate just the support we've seen so far we hope that you're liking the content like yeah it's been a lot of fun and i want to make sure that everyone who listens to this knows at the end of the day Jeff, Jay, and myself, we're all fans. We are yes. huge fans of Minnesota Frisbee. That's what we want to enjoy. So we appreciate that you guys, you fans, are coming along with the ride for us. We are so pumped to get out there on May 20th. Like he said, we'll be there all day. So ready to watch the Frisbee. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we, we don't know a lot about the game, you know, like we're still learning, right? We're, there's always something to learn. We're, we're trying to figure out how to write about it and how to talk about it in better ways. So definitely again, like it, we're trying to make it accessible for everyone. And, and we hope that you follow, follow us on social media, subscribe for free on our website, follow the teams, Minnesota strike and uh windchill on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, and of course we want to shout out, uh, the R1P1 network, they have done an incredible job just helping us along in this entire journey. Um, our look is just, I feel like it's just so much better on our podcast, our our social media, it's each clean. episode. Yeah, it's so I mean, clean. Look at the thumbnail for this video. Tell me that's not clean. Let's come on. Right. It's pretty sweet. Um, so definitely want to shout them out. Check them out. They're doing great work in the creative sports media agency world there. So much love them to them. And Kane, you got anything else to send us off? Uh, nothing, nothing off the top of my head. Just awesome. ready to watch Minnesota and dominate this year for sure. Absolutely. Everyone, don't forget to stay chilly. Good ciao.